0: Yo, it's the South Side's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's a Deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Baez. And there
1: it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. It goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a
0: block from Brock. 50 5 Touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown.
1: It's a good lineup. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to
0: the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring, Steve has got him up. A slam. But player inside, has 1, too. He's it. He it. He's got the snake muscle. And Clare has got it. Clare has done it. Has done it. <laughs> Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: Live from Chicago. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, SnapJHood. You follow me on Snapchat, I will follow you back guaranteed. Also on Twitter, Twitter.com, tweet Hood. On the program tonight, we will hear from Mike Clay. You say, who in the hell? Mike Clay? Covers the NFL for ESPN.com. You know why? Because at 8 o'clock, we'll be doing a segment we have done for four years running. As soon as summer hits, we do the Summer of Football. It could be something NFL, it could be something college, it could be something fantasy, it could be information, it could be sound that you might have missed. Summer football comes back tonight and every night at 8.05 right here on ESPN 1000 on the ESPN app. Also, we'll hear from Ryan Hollins from the Big Three, and also an analyst for ESPN.com. We'll hear from Ryan Hollins because Ryan's on the program to not only tell us his thoughts about NBA free agency, but of course, for those of you that have been under a rock, do you realize that... Tech Collins likes to be able to just speak his mind. He'll say anything for you know to be able to get that soundbite across. Like this one. Your expectation for Game Four is for the if if a healthy Clay is good enough to play, you believe the Warriors will win, right? They absolutely win. They absolutely win. I give you like ten free interviews on the house if they win. Ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hollins. He gave us one mo- free one Monday, gave us one Tuesday, gave us one Wednesday, gave us one Thursday. So here we go again. Another week of uh, interviews on the house with Ryan Hollins getting his NBA information. It's incredible, but it's, he opens mouth, says things, and sometimes in, inserts foot in mouth. That's exactly what happened. Ryan Hollins will be with us coming up in 910 right here on ESP 1000. And of course, People look for the silliest thing of the sports weekend, the smartest thing of the sports weekend, the most fun thing of the sports weekend. On this program we look for the petty. Petticoat Junction.
0: junction. That's being petty. Petticoat Junction.
1: Yes, Petticoat Junction we put people on the petty train because there's a lot of pettiness in our sports world. We will find the pettiest of the sports weekend coming up at 935. And plenty of time for your thoughts as well. 312-332 ESPN is our phone number. Hope that you enjoyed your weekend. Hope that you enjoy your Monday nights. We're with you until 10 o'clock. Then it's Dan Levitard and Adam and uh, Amin Hassan right here on ESPN 1000. We have got a lot to get to from over the busy sports weekend. If you heard me on Saturday or Sunday on Dickerson and Hood, you know we had some stuff uh, going Going on, on Saturday and Sunday shows, and that's, some of this has some spillage over to our Monday show. Uh, oh, by the way, we've got a giveaway, too, I'll tell you about a little bit later on. If you've never won anything before, if you're one of these, like, I've never won anything before on the radio, well, you got an opportunity to, uh, coming up uh, within the framework of our program. So, as I mentioned, we got a lot to get to here uh, with the Cubs first, because the Cubs are taking on the Atlanta Braves. The Cubs are 42-35 and 35 on the season. And for those of you that uh, heard the replay hour, it might have been live, it might have been replay, who knows, between 635 and 7. But I think I was talking to Jesse Rogers, and I was talking to Jesse, and Jesse and I, and we'll replay it tomorrow. So, Jesse and I were going back and forth about um, how he sees the Cubs. I'm not into built-in excuses when it comes to Cubs baseball, because I've heard a number of them already here, and we have not even get to the All-Star break. Anytime someone says, I'm not making an excuse, someone actually is making an excuse. I've heard a broadcaster on the Cubs flagship talking about the Cubs schedule. Yes, there's 162 games in a regular season. The Cubs have the talent to win the majority of those games. And Jesse and I went back and forth talking about the roster and saying that he doesn't think that the roster is as talented as it was a couple years ago. Can I tell you something? If the Cubs are missing, like, Tommy LaStella to, to make sure that everything comes together, then that's a problem for the Cubs. I don't care what anybody says, including my friend Jesse of over 25 years. I will tell you this. Give any team that's in the middle or to the bottom Anthony Rizzo, give them Chris Bryant, give them Javier Baez, give them Kyle Schwarber, give them Albert Moore Jr., give them Jason Hayward, and then say, go for it. I think that team's going to be able to do some damage. I don't see that team being under 500. I don't see that team being a team that's not good enough to contend. Give them Wilson Contreras. And you say, oh, you know, you can't win it with those guys. You, this, that, this particular roster I just gave you, just a few names from the roster, is better than 42 and 35. i sorry. It's just not good enough. And this is what's going to happen. If the Cubs continue to underachieve, Joe Madden's ass will be out of here. And whether that is fair or not, I don't think it's fair because I think he should have had a longer term deal after the World Series championship. But here's what it comes down to. The window is open for this Cubs team to win another World Series right through 2021. Imagine if they have all of this talent. And again, it's to me, it's not about that pinch hitter. It's not about the secondary guys. It's about the guys that's in the lineup getting paid the big money day in and day out. If this team continues to underachieve, there's going to be change. And, and again, you can look at Madden and say that that's the reason. They blamed a pitching coach. They blamed hitting coaches before. The bottom line is, is that this team should be able to be better than this. As we talk about the Cubs with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, I've heard tired. Tired doesn't work for me. Tired doesn't work for me idea that the Cubs, because they've played, they're going to have something in the area of 50 games in the next 52 days or something like that. That's the kind of run they're on. 50 out of 52, something along those lines. It's Major League Baseball. 162 games. you got to figure it out. This isn't the old 1969 excuse about, they played in the heat, 120 games, Papa was tired. None of that nonsense from 69. That doesn't work in 2019. They've got all the benefits, all the benefits, including pretty much a new ballpark around them, right? Their facilities are top-notch, so there are no excuses. I look at this ball club splitting with the Mets. That's just amazing to me, how the Cubs play down to the Mets. The Mets are a dumpster fire internally, but somehow the Cubs could not be able to overcome. At home, against a Met team in which... Their manager wants out. They have an 82 year old pitching coach and Phil Regan who barely can get off the mound. Yesterday, I watched him out there, doddering out there, trying to talk to the the relief pitcher and the umpire. Like, put his hand on the shoulder of Regan. was Like, all right, Phil, that's enough. He thought he thought he was making a pitching change from like 1980 where he could stay out there all day. They're like, all right, Phil, all right, Vulture, that's enough. And, and like, and he just kind of just kind of. You know, just kind of shuttle ran his way off the mound, and then the Cubs end up winning that ball game. No reason why they should split against the Mets. Terrible. Mets have a couple of good players for sure, but not up to the point where you play down to your competition. So you split against the Mets, you split against the White Sox, you lose three out of four against Los Angeles, and then lose two out of three against Colorado. What kind of ball club are we looking at here? Because I will tell you, If this Cubs team underachieves again, if they underachieve and don't reach their goal of the World Series, because it's not about playoffs now. You know, if you've heard me over the years, you've heard me talk about the staircase effect, right? You know, get over 500. Get into the playoffs. Make some noise in the playoffs. Win a championship. Now, the Cubs have jumped that whole thing where it goes from on the ground to the top of the ladder. You don't... You, the expectations are too much now where you look at this Cubs team and you say, why can't they be in the same stratosphere as the Dodgers or as Minnesota, what's going on right now in the American League? That makes sense to me. Uh, but the idea that the Cubs are missing uh, 3 a.m., Tommy LaStella, missing bench guys, nonsense, nonsense. Because, again, if you blame it on, say, David Bodie. If you're going to blame the the Cubs on players like um like Jose Quintana or Yu Darvish, okay. Now you got a now you've got a beef. When you're talking about Yu Darvish, you want to see more than the stuff that he's brought to the table. You want to see more from Jose Quintana, more consistent for sure. Lester and Hammels is my one two punch. Hendricks on the disabled list. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's not 42 and 35. But you know what? It is. That's the problem. It is and 42-35. So we're talking about the Cubs here on ESPN 1000 and ESPN app. Jesse will give us updates coming up at the bottoms of the hour uh, from Wrigley Field as the Cubs take on a very talented Atlanta Braves team. Atlanta, by the way, doing the same thing that a number of teams have done, including the Houston Astros. The Cubs have done this, going all the way to the bottom, to the very, very bottom Building their roster with young players, Albies is going to be a problem uh, for uh, the Cubs. You you look at that lineup, Albies, the second baseman, is so very good. Acuna, very good. The left fielder for the Braves. It should be a very entertaining series because it's that youthful exuberance that we saw from the Cubs a couple years ago. That's what Atlanta has. And, of course, their broadcaster is also very exuberant. Oh, Atlanta Braves! with Chip Carey in town. He's got to at least do one seventh-inning stretch. I enjoyed Chip when he was here in Chicago. He was fun. Glad that you report here on ESPN 1000. Also, we're keeping our eyes on the Sox in the Boston Red Sox. The White Sox leading Boston 2-1 to one at games in the bottom of the fourth. <laughs> I was telling Eric, who's producing the show today, I told Eric, I was coming down in the elevator, I said, it is amazing, man. The Sox split with Washington. They uh, split with the Yankees, split with the Cubs, lost two out of three against Texas. That was the last series the, Cubs, the uh, White Sox played. And that was frustrating. Uh, that was frustrating because that was, you saw the offense come alive and, and did not quit against Texas in that heat. And it is amazing to me. I have to go back in, in the recesses of my mind. I've got to think, when's the last time a team, Was 36 and 39 with one starting pitcher. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. Giolito's out there uh, against the Red Sox today, but the Sox have 36 wins with one starting pitcher, and that's Giolito. Benuelos and Desponje, Thank thank goodness Despanje is out now. He was released today, he was sent away. I, I still never, 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 ever forgive the White Sox on. A day where it was sold out on Father's Day, sold out. Couldn't get a seat to guaranteed rate field on Father's Day, and they throw Despana out there. (laughs) I would have gotten whatever aces in the minors come on up, anybody beside that guy. That was a guaranteed loss when Despana was out there. 32 33 throwing, you know, stuff that you see at the Chicago Dogs. A fine sponsor here at ESPN 1000. But anyway. So it would have been a fun spot start for Dylan Cease, yeah,
2: right there, well, exactly right, right in front of
1: everyone. Fine, it, like and but I tell you what, and Renner Rio is very proud to say it's not Dylan Cease. Just so you know, it's not Cease. He's not coming. It's not, it's not yeah, he's not. He's not ready yet. Um, he's too inconsistent, is what he says. If I, I, mean, I know that that's not right. I know it's not right. But for the one start, hey, you know what? Ticket sales are pretty good. Hey, get Cease's ass up here, right? Anybody but Despana, for God's sakes and you can you can also cut Nova while you're at it too. I mean, I, mean, I know you got to have some starting pitching, but man, and, and here's the frustration as a Sox fan, right? <laughs> the frustration is is that you know the Sox aren't going anywhere. You know this is not the year. But when you see certain signs, when you see Anderson, when you see certain things with this White Sox team where, you, where there's a little bit of fire offensively, you know, you see that, you see a out there, and you say, okay, there's some signs here. And you figure now you want a little bit more. Now you want to be a player in, at the deadline. It's like, no, I know it's not time yet. I know. But, man, it looks good. You, you feel, man, you're, what, four games out of the wild card? You know, what if? That's the, big, the two biggest words in entertainment is what if. What if the White Sox were able to do that? But I understand this is not the year, but, man, I mean, you're throwing Benuelos out there and Lopez and Nova, and it's like, so, so when will you be ready? If your offense is starting to percolate, so how do you replace that really below average starting pitching? So that, that's one thing that I kind of think about. Uh, let me move on to something else here. Let me go over to um, the NBA because – what is going on with um, Kawhi Leonard is interesting. Kawhi Leonard, I think that you and I both knew this, is that Kawhi Leonard uh, was going to opt out of uh, his contract with Toronto and make himself a free agent. Los Angeles is wasting little time pitching Kawhi Leonard on a potential move to the Clippers. Two digital billboards went up over Interstate 5 in Downey, about 10 miles southeast of Staples Center, encouraging the the Southern California native to come home. And I see these signs here. One is like a license plate that says Kawhi. The other one is King of SoCal, not just like the king of the NBA or the king like LeBron James, the king of SoCal. It's like, wow, okay. Well, let me tell you. I think that in this situation, it's okay to not go and reminisce and have the feel-good story. Feel-good stories on the level is kind of cool, but you got to do what's right for you. If you have a lot of money on the line and you have limited time on the floor. He's a professional athlete. He's got his ring. He wants to be able to do more. But doing more in Toronto, and it's, this is no shot at Toronto. Toronto. But keep in mind that T-Mac, Tracy McGrady, he left Toronto. Vince Carter left Toronto. Chris Bosh left Toronto. There's nothing like doing it in America. Let's just be honest. I'm not going like LS on you, but I'm just saying I'm not. I'm not going Rush Limbaugh on you. You have, to, if you're going to be successful, you've got to do it in America. I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying to you is. You know, those are three really good players. McGrady, Carter, Bosch, they all left for a reason. Is that it's cool to be in Toronto because it's a different country. And I still don't have it confirmed yet. Maybe I'll ask Hollins, but I believe it's true. I think that your paycheck, I think you have to pay the United States government and the Queen. I think it's both. I believe it's both. It's
2: correct. It depends on where they play. They get taxed American dollars in the, in the games that they play in the U.S., and then they get taxed Canadian taxes for the games they play at home. So, yeah, they do get double taxed on that kind of thing.
1: Just keep, keep something in mind. When you're a millionaire, when you're making a lot of money, one of the things that millionaires like to do or those of means like to do is they'd like to uh, keep their money or make more. As we talk about this with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, I, I think that that's what you want to do and, and – Money From a money standpoint, that matters to Kawhi Leonard. Also, he has a, a daughter, and I don't, I mean, it was cool for Kyle Lowry because he seems to be firmly entrenched with the country and being in Toronto, but I, I could see this being one and done. Kawhi didn't want to go to Toronto. Greg Popovich thought he was punishing Kawhi Leonard. Like, okay, I don't even want to see you in the country. I'm going to move you to a different country, and Kawhi made the most of it. And help the Raptors win a championship. But I can really see Kawhi being in Los Angeles. I could see that happening with the Clippers. And here's the battle. Clippers-Lakers. Historically, especially when I was a kid growing up, the Clippers were trash. Bad organization. Laughable. Nobody wanted to go there. It was free agents that uh, if they couldn't go to the Lakers, they had to settle on the Clippers because they were always terrible. Well... In this situation, with Steve Ballmer as the owner and Doc Rivers as the head coach, the Clippers are a viable team. There could be multiple players of note going to the Clippers, and some look at LeBron James and say, You know what? I know you're, I know the Lakers' mystique. I know that Anthony Davis is here, but I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't, I can't not be the man. I don't like not being in the spotlight. And I also don't like to be blamed. I don't want to be a third, fourth, or fifth wheel. I'll go to Doc in the Clippers or other places. It'll be interesting to see. I know, what, I, I know what Adam Silver wants to do. Adam Silver wishes. I think he's got candles burning in his home, hoping that Kawhi will stay in the East. It's needed, by the way, for a number of stars here in free agency to be in the Eastern Conference. With Boston imploding, with Milwaukee, what's going on with Chris Middleton? Middleton probably is just gonna maybe he opted out to resign, or maybe he opted out to go someplace else. Giannis can't do it by himself in the East, okay? Philadelphia, what I don't know what's happening with Jimmy Butler. Is he staying with Philly? Is he going someplace else? I know that last year, this time, we're talking about how the East is bereft of talent. Wait until this offseason. Oh man, wait till this offseason. That's going to be something for sure. Um, here's a question for you, and I want, to, I want this to be kind of a theme. Bring this up again on um, Tales from the Hood, but I'll bring it up now. So Cam Newton, Cam Newton tried to pay an airplane, uh, airplane passenger for more legroom. He got humbled. He had to sit down. So we talked about this yesterday on Dickerson and the Hood. And I want you to put this on the poll, Eric, at ESPN 1000. For those of you that don't know the story, the 2015 NFL MVP was traveling back to the U.S. from Paris this weekend when he went viral for the wrong reason. Prior to the 10-hour flight taking off, Newton tried to switch his seat. Not through the airline, but simply trying to pull out cold, hard cash to a fellow passenger. Unfortunately, the passenger had no need for $1,500 Cam Newton in, in his full blouse, or, or maybe it was just a great shirt. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I just my grandmother used to wear those the, those colors that he wears. I don't know what that is, but anyway, I guess that's fashion. I wouldn't know what fashion is, so I'll, you know, blame me. I don't know what that is, but it's it looks blousy to me. Looks like Roxy Roker in the, the Jeffersons in nineteen eighty. But I I see Cam Newton and he's got his little hat on and he's got his blouse and I mean um his shirt. And he's bent over trying to talk to this guy trying to offer1,500 dollars. So the poll question is, would you accept1,500 dollars to move your seat because Cam tried to get in first class? He was sitting in coach. So I will tell you what I would do. If he's got 1,500, I'm sure he's got more. Now maybe he had 1,500 just rolled up just in one pocket. You know, the old pimps, you know, they would always have fifteen hundred in the pocket, but they also would have another two or three thousand maybe in the sock. So, <laughs> so because of that, I I think that maybe he had more. If he had no more than fifteen hundred, for a big guy like me, I need that space. So I'm not sitting in coach. I'm in first class, legroom, long flight from Paris to the United States, man. I'm saying no to that. I mean, for those that don't have fifteen hundred right off the top. You know, maybe you're saying yes to it because fifteen hundred dollars, cold cash. It's not a gift card. It's not you know a check. It's fifteen hundred dollars. But for me, yeah, I'm saying no to that. I think he's got more money to give. I mean, that, that's what I think. So put that on the poll: Would you accept fifteen hundred dollars to camp? For, you know, from Cam Newton if he offered to take your seat in first class uh, and for you to go to coach? Now, I, first of all, first class. I need all the leg room I can get, so I'm staying in first class. And uh, the guy with the blouse, he would have to sit back and coach. I think that airplane ticket might even cost $1,500. First class
2: from France back to the U.S., like that, that ticket is probably that much money.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably so. But you know what? More. Sorry. I know you got more. If you got 1500 you probably have more. And if you don't, too bad. Sit back there. And I know he's miserable because he's a coach. Probably everyone's trying to talk to him. Or if they don't know he's a quarterback, they think he's some kind of fashion model because he's 6'5", 245 pounds. They don't know what he is. So it's, it's, it's probably was a mess for him. But you know what? Too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just sit back here and enjoy my 10-hour flight in first class. That's just me. How would you handle it? Put that on Twitter, at ESPN1000. Jesse with a Cubs and Braves update. And then we talk about the awards. You know, I got my tuxedo on, so I'm ready for the NBA awards tonight. Who would I give an award to? We'll tell you who it is coming up next.
0: Jonathan Hood. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I would tomorrow, y'all thought it was really yeah. On ESPN 1000. Maybach music. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll do Summer Football coming up at the top of the hour. It's the Cubs, it's the Braves. Here's Jesse Rogers with more. Jess?
0: Alright, Jay Hood. Bottom of the second. Cubs coming to bat. No score. John Lester is on his game. He'll need to be. The wind blowing out at about 17 miles an hour towards right field. Six up and six down for the Braves. He struck out two in the second inning. Got Josh Donaldson looking and then the fine-looking rookie, Austin Riley, swinging. So, really nice start for him. Again, six up, six down. The Cubs had a chance against Julio Duran in the first inning. Um, Bryant was hit by a pitch the 11th time this season. That's happened. Rizzo fouled with a walk, but then uh, Javi is rounded into a double play 5-3 to end the threat. So, Cubs had a chance. They don't score. Meanwhile, Lester on his game so far. No score by him in the second. Back team. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: On Twitter, twitter.com, tweet hood Also on Instagram, IGJhood. We're here with you weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000. Glad to have you aboard. Tonight, at the top of the hour, it'll be the NBA Awards. And Shaquille O'Neal is the host. Oh boy. I didn't realize that. Shaquille O'Neal is the host. They're going to need subtitles. um <laughs> So the NBA, uh, most, I'm just not a fan. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. Just. You know, Shaquille O'Neal actually was impressive to me on first take. He was in there with Ryan Hollins and it was a really good back and forth discussion. I enjoyed that, but I, I'm just not a fan. I just think that he ruined the best television show, uh, in sports, uh, the most real television show in sports, uh, with his sensitivity. Just, it was just, it was fine. Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley and, um, Kenny the Jet Smith were a great, A great show together because it was just three friends talking about the NBA. Then Shaq came in with the sensitivity and threatening and all that. It's just like if you can't take it, don't dish it out, and vice versa. He just ruined it for me. I used to be a must-see show. I would I would DVR that thing if I missed it. I would look for that thing just to be able to hear three friends talk. And he ruined it. But but nevertheless, he is. uh, (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but I just wanted to share um the uh the NBA awards shows and he's hosting it that's where it came from so let's go through the NBA most valuable player uh there's a number of awards that will be given out let's see what we have here NBA most valuable player award you have three choices there's Giannis Antetokounmpo there's Paul George and there's James Harden i look at all three of these guys um as um as terrific terrific for the, the league. I don't think there's any question for me that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the most valuable player in the NBA. Um, I think that Giannis is going to be the, the winner because I think the league also wants Giannis to be the winner. I'm not saying it's rigged because Giannis definitely deserves it, but I really believe that Antetokounmpo is going to be the most valuable player in the NBA. Um, Paul George had a really good year. There's times where you saw the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're like, you know, this is about Russell Westbrook. Actually, it's not. Paul George pulled the Thunder out of the fire a lot this year with his play. I knew he was talented with Indiana, but Paul George um, is definitely deserving to be on this list. I think Anadokupo should win it tonight. That would be my vote. The NBA Rookie of the Year. Well, I tell you what, you have three choices. You got Trey Young from Atlanta. DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix, and Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks. Well, because yours truly has a wager on Doncic uh, being the rookie of the year, something I placed in November, uh, that better cash in tonight. (laughs) Because I've been holding on that for for a long time. Do you remember by any chance what the odds were? Uh, They were not strong odds. Um, It couldn't have been no more than 10 to 1.
2: Yeah, okay, so as one. of, what is this, June 21st, it's 9 to 1, minus 900 for Doncic. So you might have gotten even better odds at the time.
1: I think so. It was early, it was very right. early for that. So I just thought Doncic was going to be a player uh, that should be able to win this award. Now, Trey Young. Trey Young turned some heads with Atlanta. Many are looking at the Atlanta Hawks for the next couple of years as that fun, exciting, young team. I'm not one to say that you always have to build through the draft to be able to get to where you are because eventually your city has to be a destination for free agents. It, it can't be exclusively through the draft. However, some of the young players they did, they were able to acquire in the draft on Thursday are very intriguing, but you still have to make Atlanta a spot more than just a strip club place, actually a place for basketball. So, um, DeAndre Ayton was good with the Suns. Don't, I, somebody, somebody, uh, I want somebody to tweet Carmen DeFalco. Do it for the show. Do it for me. Tweet Carmen DeFalco. Don't say I said it, okay? If you are your narc and a bad guy, and not my friend. I want you to tweet Carmen DeFalco and tell him that Andre Ayton, Andre uh Aiton, the Phoenix Suns player, DeAndre Ayton was a bust. <laughs> and watch him explode. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody do that for me just add Carmen defalco you know just put on there you know deandre ayton was a bust and just watch how angry carmen gets about that for whatever reason that's a talking point on that show i don't know why but he's just see you know, people are saying i don't get it people are saying it and deandre ayton's a bust i don't get it i just don't understand it. you just don't get it and i just i i'm thinking to myself I host on NBA radio, I host ESPN radio nationally, and I do this show. I have heard nobody say that DeAndre Ayton is a bust, but somehow somebody told him that to set him off, and I think it's funny. Somebody tweet that at Carmen. You know, just put on that, you know, dot, 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 DeAndre Ayton is a bust. (laughs) and Just watch watch him explode. (laughs) I think it would be a good rib on him. Uh, As we go through these awards with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The NBA Sixth Man Award. If I had a vote, Montrez Harrell from the Clippers, uh, young Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers and Lou Williams from the Clippers. Well, I mean, this should be the Lou Williams award, right? I mean, shouldn't Lou Williams win this award every year? Lou Williams is a guy that could start for a lot of teams, but comes off the bench and provides um, and <laughs> provides a spark. <laughs> Merkin, Merkin just. He just texted me. He always brings it up. <laughs> 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 he does. Yeah, Carvin always does. Please send him that. Send him that that tweet. Just say, hey, you know DeAndre Ayton is a bust. Like I've heard nobody say that except Carvin. I just want to see what his what it would happen. I just think that'd be a great rib on him. Um, I will take. Uh, I'll take Lou Williams because that's his award. I think Sabonis did very well for the Pacers. People didn't think that he's going to be very good, but Sabonis pretty solid with the Pacers. The NBA um, defensive player of the year. Three choices, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George or Rudy Gobert. What if Antetokounmpo had what if he had double uh Awards. What if he had double hardware? What if Anna DeCumpo won the defensive player of the year? Paul George should be in that conversation. Rudy Gobert, the stifle tower, very good with Utah too. But man, what if what if Anna DeCumpo won defensive player of the year? I think that uh, I can understand, I can see how he could get a vote there. Sure.
2: Most improved player. For that, who it's happened twice in the NBA mm-hmm. when they won the MVP and defensive player of the year. Can you guess which two? Both from the nineties.
1: Uh, both from the 90s. Player of the year, Jordan. And defensive player. I don't know if Jordan... Would Jordan win both awards? I'm not sure.
2: Jordan is one of them okay. in... I guess it wasn't from the 90s. 87, 88.
1: Okay. Well, a young, and then a young the other Jordan. one.
2: Yes. yes, the other one in 93,
1: 94, Hakeem. Ah. There Olajuwon. we go, mm-hmm. I can see why. Because he was he was a terrific player. Olajuwon. So How about that? So maybe... We might see history tonight with DeCumpo. Most improved player, De'Aaron Fox, D'Angelo Russell, Pascal Siakam. Well, I thought that D'Angelo Russell from Brooklyn had some really terrific games. Um, Siakam, boy... We haven't even seen the best of him just as of yet. I mean, that is an NBA champion. That very well could be prisoner of the moment. But, man, I could see how Siakam could win tonight. I really could. And De'Aaron Fox has lifted his game for sure. But I could see how people look at the Toronto Raptors and what they were able to do to win the championship and Siakam winning that award. So it would would not surprise me. Coach of the year, uh, Mike Budenholzer, Michael Malone, Doc Rivers. Hmm. (laughs) that's uh that's an interesting one um so Budenholzer with milwaukee did elevate the bucks for sure mike malone and i remember chris black saying on on draft night that he looked at denver as a possible top team in the west this upcoming season that i mean he's saying that now but we haven't seen all the free agency yet so i don't know i don't know if he will stick with that doc rivers with the clippers well, Doc is not going to win that award. If I had a choice between the rest of the other two, I would give it to Mike Malone. I think it's a very solid team Denver has with Jokic. I think that Denver really um, took it to another level. I thought, um, especially defensively. Um, you know, quietly, you look at their three point shots and you're saying, okay, they're not this, on the same level as Houston. You don't think, but no, they're they're very good uh, and very solid uh, team. So I would if I had those, my drugs, I'd probably give it to Malone. Malone is the longest odds out of those three.
2: Malone is minus eight. Uh, sorry, plus eight hundred. While Budenholzer is the favorite for that at minus four. Uh, I don't know. Like Budenholzer did a great job, and this team looks way different with him. Is that more of how good of a coach he is, or how bad of a coach Jason Kidd was in their mess last year?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Precisely. You know, two things could be that could be the same thing, Eric. Two two things could be the same answer. Right, both can be true. Yeah, I think that's the case. Um, I, I'll say this for Milwaukee. What stands out to me about the Bucks when I watch them is, is that, offensively speaking, you know, getting up and down the floor with a lot more pace, but then defensively, I thought that we saw some great things from them defensively. That's the thing that stood out to me. But, I mean, Mike Malone with the Nuggets did a really good job. I thought he did a good job. Uh, he'd get my vote. Who knows he will get other Coach of the Year award? Just not this year. I'm sure he'll win, but, he, but, but my vote would be to Mike Malone. The NBA Cares Community Assist Award. I don't see any bulls on here. Jared Allen, Bradley Beal, Mike Conley, Tobias Harris, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Dwight Powell, and Pascal Siakam. Community Assist Award. They're all doing great things for the community. I know, in the stories I know, I know of Conley doing great things in Memphis before he's traded to Utah Uh, LeBron James, of course. uh, Why would I think LeBron James is going to win that? Maybe not the community assistant in Los Angeles, but definitely uh, starting his own school in Akron. I think that that holds a lot of weight. None of these other guys have started a school. I'm going with LeBron James. Um, And uh, they've got a Sager Strong Award. They've got a Lifetime Achievement Award. The NBA Hustle Award. They've got those as well. Part of the mix. So it's, it's interesting. It should be interesting at the top of the hour with the NBA Awards. You have odds on one of these, or a couple of these that you see in front of you? Because you gave me coach of the year. Are there odds on most improved player, too? Yeah,
2: most improved. Siakam was a huge favorite at minus 1,600. Hmm. So 16 to 1 for Siakam. Then D'Angelo Russell is plus 400. De'Aaron Fox is plus
1: 5,000. So Pascal Siakam, clear favorite in that one. I wonder if someone within the NBA is like, you know what? If we we do De'Aaron Fox, I know how much money we can make. (laughs) yeah right Right. great unbelievable they just ignore
2: the votes and decide what they want and then uh for MVP Giannis is the favorite at minus 500 James Harden is plus
1: 225 yeah so it'll be uh, fun to see who wins those awards at the top of the hour I just know that this offseason in the NBA it hasn't even started yet even though we do know some of these stories the storylines around the league will be really interesting to watch um because there's going to be a lot of pettiness, there's going to be a lot of storylines, there's going to be a lot of conjecture, lies, truths, all being told uh, through this NBA offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, I'm sure there'll be more eyeballs on the uh, on the summer league. Last year, the numbers went up for the summer league it was am- it's amazing. People were just dying to see more NBA or some basketball, and people were watching the summer league. So it'll. I, I-, I look forward to seeing that. All right, coming up. We will have Summer of Football, at the top of the hour, and one question. Oh, a special one question right around the corner. I'm not internationally
0: known, but I'm known to about the microphone. Radio hey, Hood. Pop that barbershop talk, dude. You're listening to Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
1: A brand new goes deep. Yes, in there. White Sox are up 3-2. to two. Glad that you're with me under the hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We will celebrate the great game of football with Summer of Football coming up at the top of the hour. We'll get a chance to give you some news and notes and have a special guest on at 8.05 talking about the great game of football. Summer football is here. It's back right here with me, Jonathan Hood. Well, you know, we're busy. We're on weeknights, right? We got a lot of things going on. We're very, very busy. And so are our our guests. They're very, very busy, too. Sometimes they don't have time for a full interview, a full sit-down conversation. But sometimes they have time for at least... One question. You
0: guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one
1: question. What? With Jonathan
0: Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Number one. Number one. Just one question. Oh, there's one more thing. On ESPN one thousand. This one thing that got tripping. This
1: one. Oh yes, one question. I go through my phone, Eric Ostrowski goes through his phone, I said. Just call anybody. Sometimes they don't have time for a full interview. But you can find someone to at least give us an answer to one question. And who do we find today from Friday nights at 6 o'clock with Carmen DeFalco, part of the Odds Couple. You love gambling. You love great stories. Odds Couples for you every Friday at 6 o'clock. We found our guy, the great Mike North. And he's with us here on ESPN 1000. Hello, Mike. Hello, Jay.
0: What's going on? Long time no talk. How's everything,
1: bud? You know how everything is. You know, hey, we're watching the games. We're having fun. That's what it's all about, right?
0: Absolutely. That's the way it's always been. From the time I was an infant, I came out of my mother's womb. The doctor handed me a parlay card, and that's the end of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I exactly right. It's good to talk to you, Kendall,
1: but a lot of great memories. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, that. here's what we do. I mean, hey, we're busy at night. People are busy. They're out with dinner. They're out with family, whatever. But they all, somebody's had, they got time for at least one question, right? Sure. Or at least one. Sure. All right. So here's your one question, Mike. Are you ready, sir? And then I can answer it. In any way I want, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Who's going to stop you? Me? John, <laughs> you're a force. I've told oh, you that oh, for oh, years. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 me, me and Mayor Washington. how force. Oh, I love them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll talk about that off the air. A family favorite. <laughs> oh, I'll show you. That's not. All right. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Give me, give everybody your very best night on the town with the fellas, the time of your life with the fellas.
0: All right, the time of my life back in the day with the fellas, because I don't do much of that anymore. Was uh, you know to get off work, go down to pasta, pasta, get down there about uh, five o'clock, which exactly was the time it it opened, and uh, stick around, come in with the guys, hang out, different people. Enjoy uh, the libations, if you will, which, which we did plenty of. It was a good time to, to, to just hammer it down. And you know what? The next thing you know, I'm writing uh, notes on my napkin. And as the night went on, at the end, I couldn't even read them. I mean, that's how much fun it was. So we had a great time. That was a night of the town. Go to the pasta pasta. Go out. Uh, go to Moretti's. Hang out in Edison Park. And then go home to Park Ridge and just hope that you just keep one eye open as you were driving.
1: <laughs> and, on, and every night beating the newspaper home, you were there before. Oh, the, the,
0: the, you know when you knew you were in trouble when you were sitting at Andy's Grill on uh, Western and Montrose, and the Canella guy gate got in. When the canella guy came in to deliver the morning bread, you were through.
1: You were done. You were baked. <laughs> and that, my friends, is one question.
0: Jonathan Hood. fresh. Looking like wealth. I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself. On ESPN 1000.